You are listening to the Brentwood Baptist Church Life Group Leader Podcast, a resource to equip and encourage group leaders on their journey toward being disciples and making disciples through life groups. Here are your hosts, Jay Fennell and Paul Wilkinson. Hello, Life Group Leaders, and welcome to another episode of our Life Group Leader Podcast here for Brentwood Baptist Church, and we're glad that you're tuning in and Hopefully from last week, you've got some some good helpful nuggets as we spoke with Michelle Dyer uh, about spiritual gifts and spiritual leadership. And uh, so we're in chapter two this week, and the title of the chapter uh, in the spiritual leadership curriculum that we're currently going through in our life groups right now, chapter two, is clarifying your identity and calling. And the focal passage today comes from Ephesians chapter four, verses one through twelve. And in just a little bit, uh, Paul and I will unpack that a little bit. But good thing is today in the studio, also known as my office, we have Tiffany McCullough with us. Say hello, Tiffany. Hey, guys. <laughs> well done. This is the first time she's ever been on a podcast before, so she's a little bit nervous. First time. Yeah, so we're glad glad that you're here. Tiffany uh, was hired back in the fall, I believe September-ish. Mm-hmm as our church's first-time, full-time special needs ministry director. And uh, it's kind of an exciting role that uh, our church filled and brought Tiffany on board. And she has a lot of experience in the world of special needs and ministering to kids with special needs, but also uh, families with special needs. And um, she's going to talk a little bit about her, her role here at the church, her position, and she may even talk a little bit about the great need in Middle Tennessee uh, to reach families with special needs. So, Tiffany, thanks for, thanks so much for being here, hanging out with us today, and talk to us just a little bit about your position and your role here at Brentwood Baptist. My role here at Brentwood is um, as special needs ministry director. Um, we serve any family impacted by disability in preschool, children's, student or adult ministry. Uh, So our goal is that regardless of your age and regardless of what type of disability uh, you or a family member maybe deals with on a daily basis, um, there's a spot for you to plug in and a spot where you are welcome and will be supported. What are the, just a question that you're not prepared for, what are the, the biggest needs that you have right now in your ministry area? Probably the most consistent need that we have is for folks to serve, whether that is once a month on Sunday mornings for one of the hours uh, on Wednesday evenings. Our needs are growing and increasing with our student ministry um, in addition to our preschool and children with special needs um, needing support as well on Wednesday nights. So those are probably our most consistent weekly needs as far as volunteers and and folks to be buddies for special needs friends. Okay, so Tiffany, um, what have you discovered has been the biggest blessing for families uh, that have come and connected here at Brentwood Baptist Church because of our special needs ministry? I mean, what are you hearing from parents? I mean, what, what sort of a blessing does this provide to them that you've discovered just in the short time that you've been here? It has been so incredible to see some of the families that have come our way that are new to Brentwood Baptist 
that literally have not been able to go to church in seven, eight, nine years, um, you know, really since their children were born. And if their firstborn was that child that had the disability, often that couple has not been able to come to church and, and attend and feel freed up, so to speak, Mm -hmm. um, to go and be a part of a life group and be a part of, um, a couple Sunday school group, um, and really find ways for their family to plug in throughout the church and throughout all the ministries because of the hurdles and the hardships that it is to care for some individuals with disability. So I think oftentimes one of the biggest, the there's so much joy that comes from a family being able to plug in here and become members and mm. um, and one of their children coming to salvation and that family being a part of our church family for the first time in their entire marriage and their children exposed to the gospel each week and seeing that happen for a family is an incredible process to witness. Yeah, it is. I mean, just... I know that in some of the meetings that I've been in with you, just to hear some of the stories of some of the the comments that parents have made, uh, some with tears in their eyes about the opportunities that they've had because of the services and the ministry provided here through Brentwood Baptist and through your ministry that you lead. I think uh, it's that, pretty, pretty cool. I think that parents of individuals with disabilities, it is literally... 24 seven mm-hmm. and the things that weigh on their mind and their heart to be able to set that aside for two or three hours on a Sunday and know that you can worship freely and you can experience community for yourself. I think sometimes that's hard for them because so much of their life is geared around their, their child's needs or their adult child's needs. So to be able to give that gift to parents or a caregiver or grandparents that are caring for someone. Um, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's cool. Well, one of the reasons we wanted to, to bring Tiffany on the episode today is first of all, for her to kind of talk a little bit about the special needs ministry and kind of talk about some of the ways in which God's blessing, but also some of the needs. Um, but, but also we wanted to bring her on specifically related to this chapter, because you see Tiffany at one time served uh, in the Williamson County School District as an assistant principal, and she served in the area of special needs. I think she were down in Spring Hill. Is that right, area? Mm -hmm. But I think you were all over, but most recently in the Spring Hill area. Um, But so she was doing that, and now she's serving in the local church. And so there's kind of a a big change there. And so we wanted to kind of talk to her a little bit about her calling to this new position, because a lot of what we're going to be talking about in chapter two this week is about God's call on your life. And what does that mean? And uh, how, how do you identify that? And, um, and so, you know, most recently for her to kind of go through this process herself, I think she can really shine some light on this from her own personal experience, but you know, it might be helpful to you as a leader, as you're listening to maybe be thinking about this in terms of your people that you're leading. And, and, you know, cause ultimately we want as leaders to help 
to help the people that God has given to us to lead to be able to identify and understand God's call on their life and what that means for them specifically in his kingdom. Would you say, Paul? Yeah, certainly. (laughs) Good. Paul hadn't said anything, so I thought I'd bring him in real quick. Good job, Paul. Um, but anyway, just wanted to, to, to start with that. So, uh, Tiffany, tell us a little bit about kind of, you know, this, this process for you moving from principle to, uh, this opportunity for this position change in the local church in this particular role and some of the things that you were thinking about, praying about, hearing from God about. I had um, 16, almost 17 years experience in public schools, and um, my first two years were in Metro, and then the rest of my time was in uh, Williamson County Schools, and I was able to, my career began as a special ed teacher, um, and then through the years and further graduate studies, um, my next role was a behavior specialist, and um, from there... um, my final position in the school system was as an assistant principal over special ed. So the, the time that God gave me in public schools to walk journeys, really hard journeys with students, with parents, with families, with specialists, with teachers, with other administrators, um, really was such a preparation for the way um, that I knew God would kind of use those things to then prepare me so much for the pieces of ministry to special needs family that were going to be so critical. Um, Obviously, you go into a career like that and you think you're going to be in that your whole life. Um, So when God starts kind of changing your path and making those steps evident to you and kind of revealing that, um, it's been an incredibly humbling and refining process for sure. Talk about the, that moment where you really gained the clarity um, that you knew that, you know, this is the direction that you needed to go. You felt like God was was for sure calling you to this role uh, to leave the school district and to become to the local church to minister to families in this brand new position. Because it really, I mean, some of the, some really good work had been done by Ellie Axford and some of her influence early on, but you were really kind of building this, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of big time challenge there. Sure. I think that um, God put some really key people in my life um, and we all have those folks. I think that in moments of transition and change and times when we feel God is um, kind of unsettling us, um, those people are, the you know, that we talk to and we turn to and we um, ask hard questions to. Um, I think God was faithful through the process of applying here and uh, going through interviews and just that searching your heart season of, is this what God wants for me? Um, And God used, obviously, people to be, you know, kind of his messenger to me in addition to uh, revealing things to me, whether it was through certain scriptures or uh, something that was shared in a sermon on Sunday um, or through a conversation with 
you know, my father. Um, mm-hmm. There's just the different ways that God very intentionally uh, made sure that the message was clear of what my path needed to be and that that time of change was going to be challenging and difficult. Um, I think anytime you change from something you've done for so long, there's a grieving process and a letting go. But I think along with that, there comes a, a tremendous joy in that discovery of something new and, and challenging in a different way. How did you deal with the anxiety, maybe even the doubt that that I'm sure emerged maybe through the process, perhaps? I think that um, spending time in the Word um, is absolutely, hands down, one of the most important things for me to carve out time for. Um, and just being on my hands and knees for the before the Lord, asking Him for clarity, mm-hmm. trusting Him to lead and guide and direct um, I'll mention my dad again. He is, has been such a spiritual rock in my life, um, all of my life. And, um, you know, d- my dad has very faithfully pursued godliness and spent time in God's word every day. And, uh, his faith is remarkable. And i I leaned on my dad a lot through this process. Um, my dad is a faithful, faithful prayer warrior. Um, and I think through his mm-hmm. example of faith and trust in God's plan for our lives and the way that he reveals that to us, um, he was he was a huge blessing through this process. Yeah, and it and it wasn't just you being called out of your career as a principal to a career full time on local church ministry, but you were called out of the church at Station Hill to come to the church at the Brentwood campus, mm-hmm. and there you were in the orchestra. There you were very involved and engaged, and I know that's really difficult. Mm-hmm. And we're always driving our group leaders to empower and commission members out of their groups to launch new groups, or for that leader to leave it behind to an apprentice and launch a new group. So can you describe a little bit of what it was like to switch campuses like that and maybe some of the difficulties, but also the benefits uh, or positives of having come here? Sure. I was able to be a part of the launch team when we uh, began the Station Hill campus uh, years ago and um, have been a part of the band and the worship ministry down there playing my violin um, since the very beginning of Station Hill. So uh, that was a huge uh, part of the this process as well, not only knowing that my career was changing and what that path looked like, but also um, where I worshipped each week and the way um, the way that I worshipped and the uh, avenues I had to do that and the the community I had all shifted and changed very dramatically. Um, So I think that along the way in this process, again, the Lord has been so faithful to put people in my life, um, both at Station Hill and this campus, that speak truth into my life and, and speak things into my life that I think God 
lays on their heart that help remind me I'm exactly where I need to be. Um, and it's through others. I think God uses people in our lives to remind us that we are doing what we're supposed to be doing. And he uses other families and their testimony and the ways that we're reaching people to remind us that it it is a new season and it's hard to let go of seasons in the past because they are comfortable and they're what we know and they're what we love. But God chose, and I have to trust that because he is so much greater than I am and his plans are so much um, more vast than what I could ever imagine for my life. So failing to trust that, um, I feel like I'd, I'd probably miss out on a whole lot that God has mm-hmm. in store. Yeah, in your situation and many others uh, who felt this call of God to move out in an area of obedience, um, particular you know, uh, position or a, a volunteer role or a ministry of some sort, there is a sense sometimes, quite often actually, where there's a, a personal sacrifice that you have to make sure. for this other thing. This un, you're, you're uncertain, right? You're uncertain about what's to come. Uh, foregoing of comforts sometimes to tackle this new opportunity that the Lord has brought and this calling that he's placed on our life to to engage in this ministry. Um, but I, I think as I sit here and I can look, I can see how since you've been here, Tiffany, I mean, you've God has used you in some great ways, you know. Thank you. So uh, to minister to families and really provide some structure around the, the special needs ministry and the work that's happening on our campuses now, you know, kind of collective, sure. multi-campus now. And so it's, you know, probably wouldn't have ever thought you've got to this point, wow, look at God has done. But in that just the greatness of our God that if he calls us, he equips us and he yeah. gets us ready for the role that he has for us. And uh, that's just an awesome reality that I think that we cannot forget. And as we're thinking about that for our people, especially if uh, life group members come to you as a leader and say, I'm wrestling with this calling of God, help them process what that could look like, you know, and, um, but, but really to encourage them uh, to, to move forward and, and to be obedient to the call that God has placed on them. I think one of the, the, other ways that God has really blessed my life in a way that I had no idea and that was very unexpected is just the work he had to do in my life and in my heart um, in this process. I think that, um, again, you know, when your life and your career and your church each week and those things are comfortable and they're what they've been for a while and you're happy and you're doing what you've always done and it's going really well. Um, God chose to kind of provide a lot of upheaval to all of that and change things. But through all of that change and transition and loss of, of some things and then introduction of new things, there were ways I had to depend on God that I wouldn't have if I had not been in that position. There were things that he revealed to me about who he is Mm -hmm. that I would not have ever learned had I still been an an assistant principal and playing my violin in the band at Station Hill. So uh, recognizing that truth 
has been a huge piece of this process and being open and faithful to what God had wanted to do in my heart and recognizing he did that because he loves me so much. You know, he is so jealous, you know, for our love and our attention and our affection. And um, he loves me enough to literally change my -hmm. career and uh, the campus that I was at and all of that because he had things in store that can only be accomplished through me being obedient to that change. So the, the special needs ministry here is in many ways an outreach ministry, and you alluded to that uh, earlier. Can you share any stories of unchurched families who have gotten connected through the special needs ministry? Once a month on Friday nights, we have a respite night, which we call recess, and we are able to serve families that have uh, children with special needs and the parents are able to bring their child that has the disability in addition to their other children that are typical and they can drop all of their children off with us from six to nine on a Friday night and uh, we provide support and care one-on-one support for their child that has the disability Um, there's all kinds of different activities and things that are helpful um, regardless of what disability that child may have. Um, But that has been hands down one of the neatest ways to bring in families that otherwise might never come to Brentwood Baptist and, and come to church on Sunday morning. We had a family who had been a part of recess for over a year And one Friday night, they came to me and just said, can you tell me a little bit about Sunday morning? And um, the mom, with tears in her eyes, just said, we haven't been able to go to church as a family since our child was born. And um, through that conversation, that family began attending on Sundays, and they joined the church a month ago. Wow, it's incredible. Well, Tiffany, thank you so much for being here today and for um, joining us uh, on this episode to kind of talk about calling and your personal experience around that. So, uh, leader, if you're if you're listening, make sure that you uh, get to know Tiffany a little bit, and uh, you know, let the needs be known. Perhaps in your class, in your group, wherever off campus or on that. There's ministry available through the special needs ministry and ways in which that your people can engage and serve in that capacity. It's an incredibly rewarding place to serve, I know. Thanks, Tiff. You're welcome. All right. Well, it was great to have Tiffany with us, and hopefully that was helpful to you kind of as you think about uh, calling. Maybe, you know, and you probably have a similar testimony, a similar story as God has called you. Maybe he called you specifically Hopefully, at least, he called you to be a life group leader uh, for this season of ministry. And you understand what that feels like and what that means. And you you can remember back when he called you to that. And, um, um, you know, and so, you know, we would expect that God would do this very same thing to some of the people in our groups. But sometimes he can speak through us as leaders, right? Yeah, and I think that's what touched me most about her story is the three vehicles or instruments God used to affirm her, empower her, and assure her, which were the Bible and prayer, 
but then so many people that God sent into her life to, to, to solidify her calling or to help her along in her calling. And I, I pray that we as group leaders can be that for our members, but also that we're empowering those with the gifts like last week, those support gifts, hospitality, mercy. Are we empowering the members of our group to be those instruments of grace as others seek to discern their calling? Do we have groups where different group members can help identify and lead others in their calling? Um, boy, that's what we dream about for our group's ministry. Yeah, it is. And so, yeah, again, once again, the the focal passage that we're going to be really taking a look at this week comes from Ephesians, Ephesians 4, uh, verses 1 through 12 in total. But uh, we're, we're going to, for the sake of this podcast, be uh, primarily looking at uh, 1 through 4 and then uh, 12, I believe. But uh, anyway, I want to read that quick little section. It says, uh, Therefore I, the prisoner in the Lord, urge you to walk worthy of the calling you have received with all humility and gentleness, with patience, accepting one another in love, diligently keeping the unity of the spirit with the peace that binds us. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope at your calling. And then down after he has kind of talked a little bit about some of the fivefold um, areas of ministry in the church. I think Paul might hit on some of that here in just a second. He comes to verse 12, Paul writes, for the training of the saints in the work of ministry in order to, what? Build up the body of Christ. So these gifts and these these ministry roles, these positions that God has given to us aren't for primarily us, but for the building up of the body of Christ uh, inside and outside the church. And so I think that's so so crucial for us to understand that and remember that. Paul, as we think about some of these verses, what are, what are some things that, that really stand out to you as you as we think about this? Yeah, well, first, we talk about playing the long game, and here's a mini example of that, is that there's overlap between this week's text and next week. So next week begins in verse 11 and moves on. So know that you don't have to get everything out in this one week. You can hone in on some crucial ideas and then trust that next week you can get the fuller picture of the rest the rest out so focus on that one big thing what's the one big thing that your group needs to hear when it comes to unity in the body some of these attributes uh the humility the patience etc that your group needs to hear about so that they can be equipped to serve the body of christ and then to serve the larger idea of kingdom expansion I think the as I look at these verses beginning in verse 1 one of the things that really stick out to me is Paul's exhortation to the church at Ephesus and when he says urge you to walk worthy of the calling you have received and then he kind of gives you the how right with humility and gentleness with patience with accepting one another in love there's this sense of I think when I think about character matters, the way in which we walk worthy of the calling God has given to us is within these ways. And so this this development, this inward development that is so crucial in us is a process as we become disciples ourselves. We are growing in our faith. Our character, the inner man, is so important uh, when we talk about leading spiritually. Yeah, and think back to what Tiffany said about her dad. 
is that she mentioned he was a prayer warrior. He was in the scriptures daily. Are we as group leaders setting that same example for our group members to show them that this isn't bondage, it's not a drudgery or, or just a simple task, but this is how we relate and stay intimate and stay spiritually charged. So from last week's lesson, this is how we speak God's words. This is how we serve with God's power is that we stay in touch and in tune. And we as group leaders have to model that, elevate that, and sing the praises of those sorts of disciplines for the sake of fulfilling our callings. Something else that's worthy to at least uh, speak to this week um, in in life groups around this whole idea of calling is really comes from page 23. And I think it's it's really, really appropriate to talk about this and maybe even interact with this in, in your in your group is, this whole idea of calling is a process. And the way I like to think of it is that there's this general call that all of us have as, as Christ followers. Once we give our lives to Christ, we become a Christian, and therefore we you know, are someone who is following Jesus. We are being changed, right, transformed by Jesus, and also on mission. So we're actually taking part in the work that he is doing in the world. And that's where, as we talked last week, our gifts play in. Our gifts come in as we are receiving gifts from the Holy Spirit. We move out in faith to serve in those ways, to serve the body of Christ, to build God's kingdoms for it to advance. So there's this general call that all of us have, but then there might be this, sometimes there might just be this unique call also where you might say, like in my situation, God called me specifically to, to be about, uh, you know, a discipleship minister in the local church. He wants me to help people grow and equip the saints and work with people like you to to equip you to make disciples. And so that's my particular calling, and that's the calling that God has put on Paul's life as well. But I've found in my experience that sometimes people are paralyzed. They're, they're, they're stationary, like they're waiting for this divine revelation or this epiphany from God to say, you need to do this specifically. And sometimes that comes and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's just an act of faith. I know that I'm equipped this way. God has given me this gift. Perhaps I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to see where the needs are, and I'm going to jump in there. And God blesses the faithfulness of the person who does those things. Sometimes it's it takes just taking the initiative yourself. Even though the calling may be a little bit muddy, you move forward in faith anyway, and it becomes clear as you go. That's what I'm trying to say, that this idea of calling is a process, it's it's worked on page twenty three and twenty four in the living scent um, living scent that was last time in the spiritual leadership book uh, is uh, it really speaks to this uh, and, and it sometimes it can be frustrating um, but th- I think that's the way that oftentimes God works and I think that's important to to really uh, help our people understand that if you're waiting for some sort of divine lightning flash from the sky that, you know, all of a sudden you need to just work with preschool kids, three-year-olds specifically, that's probably not going to happen. It could. God is obviously capable and at times does those things, but sometimes it just takes our faithfulness and diligence to move out in ministry. And through that experience, God clarifies specific areas where we might can make the biggest difference uh, for his sake in the church. Yeah, I think part of it, or part of our role anyway, as leaders for our group members is to help them understand and redefine failure. 
uh, that they, well, I don't want to mess this up and get outside of God's will as if we could ever do anything to thwart the sovereign Lord of the universe's will. And they're scared of failing if they end up in the wrong place. And they need to think of it more as, um, or I guess merely to say trial and error isn't a bad thing. So from my own story, when I first got here, the very first thing I did at Brentwood Baptist was teach seventh grade boys. And I did that for about eight months, probably an academic season. Um, and it was great. I, I was able to offer uh, content to them. I was able to encourage them and be present with them. And I learned a lot from them about uh, grace and time and, and patience. But it wasn't my unique or ultimate calling. And it wasn't a waste of time. I learned a ton uh, with those boys and I was able to invest in them. And then I spent a whole lot of time in Kairos as a philosopher and as one who does apologetics. You find that college kids are the most open to listening to whatever you have to pontificate on and the nonsense I like to talk about. Uh, so they just have open ears and we're accepting. So I spent a lot of time in Kairos around college students, thought for a long time that my calling was to uh, do that kind of college ministry and answer those questions for them. But uh, I didn't stay there either. I did that for about a year and a half to two years. And as I kept teaching adults, as I kept understanding holistic discipleship about walking the faith, walking in a manner worthy of the calling, as I understood the necessity of groups uh, for the for the full transformation of the self, that we can't love one one another as Jesus commands us to unless we are in that sort of group dynamic and group life. I finally settled into my calling, but it wasn't a, a lightning bolt to the brain. It was obedience to step out in leadership positions to help guide each others with the tools that I had, claiming new tools. The entire way. So my gifts were the tools I used to uh, manifest my ministry role. And then over time, God just honed that calling and crafted me like Plato into the image he needed to serve his purpose and his kingdom uh, for his work. So as group leaders, we can be open and accessible and vulnerable about where we've tried things and it just wasn't a great fit. But we served faithfully. We did kingdom stuff while we were there. And then we discerned that it wasn't our ultimate end and we moved on serving in other roles. And that's not failure. That's growth. That's maturing. And that's being um, sharpened and refined for the work to which you're ultimately called. And we can trust that even if the particular ministry area that we were in wasn't necessarily a fit, you know, personally, we can also trust that through it, God allowed fruit to, uh, to come to bear in the lives of the people that we had ministry with and leadership over. So, um, yeah, I, I'm with Paul. There, there have been some, some things that I've done in the past in ministry that weren't necessarily a perfect fit for me in terms of my personality and my interests necessarily. But I did it because I felt like this was an opportunity to have influence, right? We've been talking about leadership as influence and I wanted to be influential for God. And, and I learned so much and I was cultivated and I was matured in that role and in that ministry position that God used in mighty ways in my life to prepare me for the next ministry assignment that he would give me. And, uh, that, that's so crucial. So it's not, it's, it's, man, I tell you, it's Paul, when Paul talks about it's walking worthy, it's definitely a walk. And it's not a sprint. It's not. It, it's it's definitely a, a, a step by step walk daily as we are living with Christ, and He is sharing with us His plans and His purposes, 
and puts us in positions that that he can best use us for such a time as this. And we see that with Tiffany and her testimony that she shared a little bit in the front half of the episode. You know, as she began to kind of discern this switch from, from public school to local church, this is where God was leading her. He wanted her to come to this particular position for this time. She's not going to be in that position forever, and someone will probably follow her at once sometime in the future as someone will follow me and Paul. We're not in this position forever. We know that. But for this time now, God has us in this place. I think that's so crucial to help our people understand that in our life groups. And there's a good chance that the ministry position that they're currently in may not be the same forever. And same might be true as you as a life group leader. That's right. And um, I'll talk a lot more about this next week when we get into the fivefold ministry explicitly about how God has appointed us to be one and we live in that realm, but that God stretches us in seasons. So I tend pastor teacher, but I have to be stretched into evangelist at times in order to do God's work and stretched into prophecy at times in order to do God's work. And so again, a success is obedience. And we heard that in Tiffany's story. We've heard it in a lot of what Jay is saying, that a success for our people, whether it's evangelism, whether it's service within the local body, whatever it is, uh, it's obedience. It's obedience to the calling to step out in faith and trust that the Lord will empower us for the work. We hope that the lesson goes great this week. And if you have any questions or anything that you need help with, in the meantime, please reach out to Paul or me, and we will do our best. Uh, to come alongside you and partner with you so that you are fully equipped and fully prepared uh, to teach this week. And and anything else related to your life group, Paul and I are always available to, to serve you. Thanks so much for tuning in today.